Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Every now and then I get a little shocker. Uh, right as I'm getting ready to start the call, something unusual happens. Like I have not set up the um, the call to actually be a scheduled call for that particular day. And today I'm logging in, and for some odd reason... It's not allowing me to log in. So I'm sitting there thinking I'm logged in, and it's showing on the the computer screen that I'm not logged in. So thank God we were able to um, eliminate that very quickly and get logged in so we could start the call. God is good, um, and again, he allows circumstances and situations in our lives, and that molds and makes us and shapes us into who we are supposed to be in him. Some people learn to use those circumstances and situations and those different trials and tribulations to actually get closer to God. Then there are some folks that, and let me try to turn this speaker off, um, and then some folks allow that to separate them uh, from God. And and you really cannot, please do not let uh, circumstances and situations drive you away from God, but drive you closer to God, causing you to gain a closer relationship with him, um, he allows it. You better understand, he allows it. And I'm going to get into, again, tonight, where we've got to get to a place where we know the word. If you don't know the word, let me tell you something. Folks will distract you. Folks will get you off. They will have you going down all kinds of different paths, um, and it's based on what they believe. But as I ask all the time, D-Y-B-I, do you believe? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you? What you believe is important in your life because what you believe will start to come to pass in your life. Amen? Let's get started. Father, we thank you and we bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. We thank you for being so faithful. We are grateful, O oh God, for who you are and what you have done in our lives. We trust you so much and we know your word. We know that you have a heart towards us, and we know that you loved us so much, and you love us so much that you sent your only son to die on the cross for our sins and to redeem us back into this relationship that we have with you, that you are our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let your will be done in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Uh, I pray that you adapt that style of praying. And I'm telling you, it's based on the word. Uh, you, you may not believe me. You, you got your own way of thinking. You, you, your own analyst. You are uh, dissecting the word. And you say, you know what? Well, I, I'm not changing the way I pray. I've been praying this way all my life. And, and I'm not changing it just because pastor said change it. I don't want you to do anything just because I said it. You know how I believe. I believe that you should be like the Bereans. Go home and check the word out and see what God says. We're going to dig into it a little bit tonight to see if you know the will of God. See if you know how God cares about you. If, if, the, if the word of God says that he loves you so much he gave his son, why would he allow you to, to fall into circumstances and situations that are less than you being his child? By his son dying, it adopts you back into the sonship. The, 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 the kingly, the priesthood of being in a relationship with him as your father. So every good and perfect gift he ain't going to withhold from you. You, you know it comes down from the father of, of lights. It comes down from heaven. If you, you know if it's his will that you prosper and be in good health. Why would you have to pray anything outside of what he wants for you? See, you gotta you gotta get into this word, and 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 I'm waiting. Some you know, I never get it. I, I maybe sometimes folks think I'm just saying it for the sake of say, having something to say, but um, 
I'm waiting for someone to come to me and say, well, Pastor, in the Word it says this or in the Word it says that. I haven't had any takers. You know, you've got to really get into your Word. And tonight we're going to look at a couple of statements that's made. It's not for the point of arguments. I'm not trying to bring up a, de- uh, a argument or a debate. I'm just trying to share with you the, what the Word says and, and see if you say in your mind, in your study, that's how the Word of God reads. And and the way it reads and the way God is convicting my heart, guess what? I'm going to believe it the way it's being taught, all right? So we're looking at uh, pigs in the parlor. Um, it's a practical guide uh, to deliverance. Thank God. Um, I'm not on any time frame. Uh, I really would love to uh, move on to the next segment um, in my little mind because, again, I've been here. I've been delivered. Um, I've seen folks delivered, and, and it's time to move on. If God still has us here, hey, I'm satisfied with what God has. I'm satisfied with what He, where He's got us. Why? Because I realize that I'm not infinite. I'm, I'm not divine. I, I'm, I'm connected to the divine one. And, and the pace that He has us at, thank God for the pace that He has us at. And again, I've got it pegged out tonight that we will finish up, and um, that'll be the conclusion of this book. And we will open up Bible study on uh, next week, God willing. Uh, wherever God says go, okay? In the meantime, in between time, we're on page 166, Pigs in the Parlor, Practical Guide to Deliverance, and that's Frank and Ida Mae Hammond. Always love to give them props because this book has blessed me tremendously. Do I believe every word? Do I believe every statement? No, I do not. Uh, There's some things that I say, wow, I don't see it that way. Wow, um, I don't even know why that was in the book. But there is so many wonderful nuggets in this book that is that have blessed me tremendously. I've got to give them props. I'm going to give them my thumbs up. Thank God for them. So we're going to look at, again, knowing the will of God, looking at the top of page 166, knowing the will of God in your life. You've got to find that. And, and, and it's not something that should frustrate you. And, and if God has not revealed to you any particular thing, you know, you, you're not singing, you're not an usher, you're not, um, uh, you're not preaching, and, and it just seems like I'm sitting in the pew. Um, definitely there are some things that the Bible says all believers should be doing, and we should all be praying. We should all be uh, intercessors that we're praying that the will of God would be done. That can't, listen, the, the, when he said you should be praying, then Jesus said pray like this, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. So we should be praying that as often as we can. And, and then we should be, again, not forsaking those times of coming together. So we've got things to do, and that's just a couple that we should be doing as believers. When you, listen, you're not effective on the team, when you don't know what the will of God is in your life, when you're not studying. See, some folks don't know because they're not studying. You've got to study in order to know what the will of God is in your life. As we move down that page, and again, I'm not um, trying to go line for line, but Hebrews 10, uh, 10, 24, and 25, it says, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting. See, again, some folks, when it comes to uh, uh, um, reading the word, understanding the word, interpreting the word, they pick and choose. You know, they pick certain things out of the word, and then they magnify. This is how we've got all these denominations. you got folks that will pick and choose certain elements or certain statements out of the Bible, magnify that, and build a whole denomination based on that one statement. Here we are as believers, and the Bible says don't forsake those, uh, the assembling of ourselves together. So when it comes to you uh, picking and choosing whether you're going to go to church or not, let me tell you something. It's not a picking or choose. The, the Word of God tells us. And, see, this is, uh, the Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience is better than sacrifice. So it's not whether I want to go. It's not whether I feel like going. It's what does the word say. And what the word says, if he's your king, if he's your Lord, then guess what? It's not about me having an opinion. The king said come to church. 
And that's why, again, I don't have a problem. Folks say, well, I can't be there, I can't be there, I can't be there this day, I can't be there this day, I can't be there for this. Listen, I have nothing to say about that. That's between you and God. I'm, I'm, I'm not dictating. I'm not mandating. You have got to have this relationship with God. So, yes, I appreciate getting those calls and those people who have that respect for me and say, you know, Pastor, I won't be there. Um, but, but first and foremost, I pray that you called the Father and made sure that that was in line with what he had for you. If there was a way that you could come, uh, you know, come out of that situation and be there at service. Why? Because it's not about pastor. It's not about the other members there. He says, it's about you being obedient to me. And obedience is better than sacrifice. And he says, don't forsake those times of coming together. And then when it comes to us being there, listen, we've got a job to do for one another. When it came to him in this dream as, as a team, this is a team effort. This is warfare. This is, I'm telling you, I need you. You need me. We all are part of God's body. Yes, because you are an encouragement to me. Sometimes you may not say anything to me, but you might just see me. When I see you, my eyes hit your eyes. Guess what? It's an encouragement to me. When I see you and you're still on the battlefield, you may not say, Pastor, I'm in, I'm, um, please be encouraged. I'm praying for you. You may not say anything at all, but just by us seeing one another, knowing that we showed up another day, knowing that we're still on the battlefield for our Lord, then guess what? That's what we do. Moving right along, it says, Christian spiritual exercise, what should we do? Stay in shape spiritually. We've got to stay in shape spiritually. What does that mean? We've got to pray We've got to praise. We've got to worship. Again, I wrestle with folks sometimes, especially folks that are close to me, saying, hey, make sure you stay on your knees. Make sure that you're reading your word. Make sure that you're worshiping God. We'll always be on in our tip-top condition when we are continuously exercising in the things of God. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 13, that we may be able to stand in the evil day. When is the evil day? You don't know what day is going to be evil. That was Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Down at the bottom there, it says Luke chapter 16, verse 8b. It says the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. The children of the world, because see, again, things that they learn, they're putting it in practice, and they're continuously doing these things daily. And this is where we've got to get to a point where we are doing what God has called us to do daily, where we're not, slack, we're not slacking off, where we are actually exercising, where you are praising. Listen, you don't have to be in church to praise, where you can just worship and praise God and thank God for the things that, you, that, that he has done in your life, the things that you see him doing in other people. When you see somebody else getting breakthrough, you're exercising what you've learned. It says in the sports arena, we, to achieve the crown, watch this, um, what they do in the sports arena is trying to receive that earthly crown. Christians pay the price to be fully prepared for the greatest conflict of all. Now, not only for us to receive this crown down here, but the greatest, not only conflict, but the, the greatest reward, that we are going to receive a reward. Now, you'll see some folks, they will go for it. Why? Because they're going to get $1.4 million, and they're fighting, and, and they're in the, in the uh, football field or the baseball field, whatever it is. They're out there on that basketball court doing it, uh, really exercising and staying in the gym and staying in shape. Why? Because I'm making $4.5 million. Listen, they put more emphasis on what they're going to receive here in this earth realm than what we put on, and we know we're getting a greater reward in heaven. And you've got to train every day. Let me tell you something. I hear stories all the time of how the enemy is wreaking havoc in folks' lives. And it's not the enemy wreaking havoc in their lives. Listen, it's them yielding. We're going to talk about it. It's them yielding. You're yielding. You're yielding. The enemy ain't got no power. I'm sorry. He's got no power at all. But you've got to recognize what God is doing. We stay in the posture, top of page 167. We stay in the posture of being on the defense always waiting for the next move of the devil, 
always waiting. See, that's not our posture. God is trying to move us into a posture, what does it say here, of offensive. That's why I often hear preachers talk about the armor, and he gave us nothing for our back. Why? Because we are never to run. As believers, listen, the confidence that you've got to have, and if you don't have it, let me tell you something. You are lending power to the enemy. If you're not walking in the confidence that whatever God has for me is the best for me, well, but it was a car accident, it is the best for me. Well, I went through a separation. Guess what? If God allowed me to go through it, he didn't prick my heart and tell me, hey, stay with that young lady or stay with that young man. Listen, up, oh, my leg was amputated. Or, man, that, that, that sickness really knocked me down and I was in the hospital. You've got to understand what God has for me, it is for me, and it's not just what God has for me as when some folks get married. It's not for better and for worse for richer and for poor, in sickness and in health. No, it's just better. It's it's only uh, for richer. It's only in health. But if anything goes wrong in this relationship, I'm out of here. And when we're in this relationship with God, oftentimes it talks about it in a in a sense of a marriage. And when it comes to a marriage, you got to be in it in sickness and in health, if richer or poor. If I don't have all the money in the world, let me tell you something, you still got to be committed. You got to say, "No, in sickness and in health, I'm here. With better or worse, I'm here. God, you've got a faithful mate in me. Good God Almighty. I pray that that sinks into somebody. Listen, every time something starts to go wrong, you start to give up. Every time. Listen, you throw in the towel. You keep the towel in your hand. <laughs> you ready. You, matter of fact, you got your arm cocked back at all times, ready to just throw in the towel. We've got to get on the offensive and where we we got the enemy on the, on 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 his we're, we're on his track. That's what I'm trying to say. We're on his track. He's not on our track. We're on his track. We're following after him saying, you better get up out of here. It was a time, watch this. It was a time to take, uh-oh, what do we have here? Amen. Hallelujah. Listen to this. It says, it was time to take the upper hand of the devil and get on the offensive. And how do you do it? It's through spiritual warfare. And it's not tomorrow. Let me tell you something. When you sit back, and this is a place where I got in my life. I'm telling you, I really believe I've got my greatest breakthrough when I really started to understand that it is the enemy. No, no, no. That's not my wife or that's not my son or daughter. That's not that member. That's not my friend. That's not my brother or my sister. That is the enemy that's wreaking havoc. When I really, I'm talking not just a fly-by-night thought. You know, it came to mind and it left, and, and then seven years later that same thought came again. No, no, no. Where a consistency when I knew that this is spiritual, this is not fleshly. For me, it's not fleshly. This is spiritual. Stay out of the flesh. Stay in the spirit and fight. You have really got to fight for your relationships. Watch this. It says here Luke chapter 11, verse number 20, it says, if I, with the finger of God, cast out devils, um, no doubt the kingdom of God is come upon you. Now, you, you know where I'm at. Everybody knows we're in, at, at Mount Enon. We're at kingdom will, kingdom will. So when you start saying kingdom to me, I'm saying right on target, thank you, thank you, thank you. Please continue to uh, uh, reiterate what the Bible said our focus is supposed to be, the kingdom of God. When the kingdom of God comes, let me tell you something, when this seriously sinks in with you, you're going to wreak havoc in the enemy's life that has been wreaking havoc in your life because you've turned power over to him. It says before the kingdom of God can ever become a reality in your life or mine, the forces of hell that beset us must be faced and overcome. Before you can really see, when I'm talking kingdom will, when I'm talking God as your king, when, when other kingdoms, other kingdoms of darkness recognize that who's, who they're about to face, let me tell you something, they're going to back up. Why? They're going to back up because they know that the king, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big uh, gladiator kind of movie watcher, uh, Troy, 
and movies like that, and and the the warriors and the battlefield was a place where you conquered other kingdoms. However, when you saw their flags coming and you knew the, the army that you was against, listen, I, them, them other men, they went out there to fight, but they were shaking in their boots. Why? Because they knew they were against a kingdom that was massive. Sometimes you, they would give us behind-the-scenes conversations of what would happen between the soldiers and the generals or the soldiers and the captains, and they would say, well, hey, they got so many thousands of men. Hey, they've got all these kinds of weapons. When they knew who they were fighting, listen, it's a hard fight. Well, you better understand that the enemy knows who he's fighting against, and he knows that he's already lost. The Bible says here, it says the devil is being resisted. The devil is being resisted, and he is forced to flee. James chapter 4, verse number 7. When you resist the devil, I, I hope you hear that this is a very powerful weapon. It's called resistance. It's called resistance. When you start to say, no, I ain't doing that no more. No, I'm not falling into that same trap. It's a vicious cycle. Well, it's a cycle that I'm ending. That's where you have got to be. You've got to be in a mindset that, you know what, this particular cycle in my life has ended. Matter of fact, it went out the door. I haven't done it in 2017. It, uh, I closed the door on it. And at the close of 2016, bam, the door was closed on that particular cycle in my life. What a picture of the church. The, the devil has been running up the score, but now it is time for the church to take the offense, the offensive, and to defeat the devil. Let's look at some scriptures real quick before we get out of this particular. Let's look at John. Hold on. John. And we're going to look at 1911. All right, John 19.11. John 19.11. I'm going to put it up in the Bible Hub. And in the Bible Hub it says, And Jesus answered, You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of the greater sin. You would have no power over me at all. Listen, every believer better confess like their big brother. You don't have, enemy, you have no power over me. None, zero, zilch. I'm not giving you an ounce. You would have had no power over me. I hope you remember in the book of Job, matter of fact, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm not going to skip it. I'm going to read it. And in the book of Job, let me go to the top here, BibleGateway.com, chapter 2. Now watch this, and I'm going to read this, Job. Chapter two, four through six in the in the um, in the Message Bible. Because again, I'm trying to get you. To please, as as a the body of Christ, we're going to operate in power, and we operate in power when we operate in the knowledge of the Word of God. When the Word of God, let me tell you, the Bible says that, and when it comes to weapons, that is our weapons. You know what it says: the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, what are those weapons? The weapon that He said, the offensive weapon, is the Word of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Hear me when I tell you: this is the Message Bible, Job chapter two, verse number four through. Was it four through five? Four through six. Watch this. It says, Satan answered, a human would do anything to save his life. But what do you think would happen if you reached down and took away his health? He'd curse you to your face. That's what, verse number six. God said, all right, go ahead. You can do whatever you like with him. But mind, mind you, don't kill him. See, when you start to understand that the enemy can do nothing unless he is allowed by God, when God opens the door and allows him to come in, you better understand he's doing nothing but fashioning me. Now, what the enemy does is trick you into believing that your husband not paying you attention, your wife 
not giving you the uh, uh, attention that she's supposed to give or feeding you the meal that you, I can't even get a decent meal. My house not clean. Oh, he hasn't taken me out. Uh, children being ungrateful and things of that nature. Whatever the circumstance may be, poor health or whatever, you got to understand, God wants what's best for me. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God wants what's best for me. You got to, see, in, in, in your own privacy of your home, you got to start speaking to yourself, encouraging yourself, and letting yourself know that, you know what, when you really know that God wants what's best for you, then you stop believing that the enemy is doing this to you, the enemy is wreaking havoc in your life, the enemy is on your track. No, I'm on the enemy's track. Why? Because God allowed this to come into my life, and if he allowed it to come into my life, then he's molding and shaping and fashioning me into being the person that I'm supposed to be, to be on the, war, on the field of warfare on his behalf, on the behalf of the kingdom of God. And how do you do it? You wreak havoc in the enemy's camp by sh when, when, the enemy, when God allows the enemy to show up in your life in some negative way. God does not do it. He allows it. And when he allows it, you give God the praise right in the midst of it. You're obedient to God right in the midst of it. All right? Flip over. Top of page uh, 168. Top of 168. It says here, and, and again, i got to read this, and this is one of those statements. It really got me off. I would have spent the rest of the evening uh, right there at the top of page uh, 168. It says here, uh, from the bottom of 167, I want to show you the work of the enemy. It is like that ball that was hit. The enemy does have some power. Now, again, when I read that, it could be me going off on a tangent. You know, I'm, I'm just taking one little statement and I'm, I'm going off on a tangent. But where in the world does the Bible say that the enemy has any power at all? Now, please, somebody text me, uh, uh, email me, call me. Let me know where in the Bible does it say that the enemy, it, he does, the enemy does have some power. Some power. I'm mean, not saying little. I can see if it said little, and I don't even agree with that, but it says some. What do you mean some? Watch what the Bible says. It says, um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 7, it says, A messenger of Satan was given to me to buffet me. A messenger of Satan was given to me to buffet me. Okay? Yes, God will allow it to buffet you that you won't be exalted, so you won't get so high-minded. I, I say it all the time. Some folks can't handle money. Some folks can't handle being buff. Some folks can't handle wearing nice clothes. You know something? You're you going to stay in rags and tags. Why? Because you get the big head every time you get a little outfit on. You think somebody owe you something. You think somebody ought to get up and give you their seat because you look nice. No, 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 no. Why? And God will not allow it. Why? Because he's trying to keep you in right relationship with him. Let me read this to you. Uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15, out of the Message Bible. Again, it says here, since the children are made of flesh and blood, it's logical that the Savior took on flesh and blood in order to rescue them by his death. By embracing death, Taking it into himself, he destroyed the devil's hold on death and freed all who cowered through life, scared to death of death. Scared to death of death. And you've got to really, you know, and this is what I say, in order for you to really operate in power, you have got to get to the place in your life where you are honest with yourself. I am afraid of death. My God, I do not want to die. If that's you, you need to admit that. I was telling some folks the other day, we were down at the church working, 
And I said, listen, it's more beneficial for you that I stay here. I'm ready to die and be on and go on home with the Lord. This is some foolishness down here, how the enemy is wreaking havoc in folks' lives, and they don't even fight back. How the enemy is, again, running rampant through the church and standing up in the pulpit, singing in the choir, and doing all other kinds of evils in the church. It's better for me to die and go on and be with the Lord. But it's more beneficial for folks around me that I remain here. It's nothing with death. No, no one wants, listen, no one wants a painful death. No one wants to go through uh, excruciating pain. No, 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 I'm not saying that. But when it comes to dying and going on, oh, I want to do this before I die, and I want to, I don't want to do another another thing before I die. I want to get out of here and go on and be with the Lord. However, God says, I got something for you to do, son. I allowed you to wake up another day. Then God, for the days that you allow me to wake up, I'm on the battlefield for you. What would you have me to do? See, this is our mindset. You've got to be comfortable with God. And whether God goes against what you desire in your head, it's better for us to get more comfortable with what God has, his will in our life. That's why it's kingdom will. He's my king, and guess what? His will be done. All right? Let me share this last scripture with you, Romans chapter 6, 16. Uh, Romans 6, 16. And, and where am I at? I'm talking about, again, the enemy having this power. The enemy has no power. I'm sorry. I ain't giving him none. He has some power. He ain't got no power. And the only power that he has, come on, little, uh, it looks like it's frozen. Come on now. Here we go. Romans 6.16. It says, Know ye not that whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether the whether of sin unto death or unto, of obedience unto righteousness. Come on, you better read that and know it. The, the, the only way that he has power, the only way that God operates in power in your life is by knowledge. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. They're destroyed, why? Because they're not operating in the power that I gave them. You've got p- power over sin. You've got power over the enemy. You've got power over, listen, the opinion of this world. You can beat this thing. The key is you got to operate in the power that God has given you. It says, do you know that when you continuously offer yourself to someone to do his will, you are the slave of the one whom you obey, either slave of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness, right standing with God. See, that obedience, listen, there's a whole lot of little nasty ways, there's a whole lot of little seductive ways, and you just want to keep a little of this in your life and a little of that in your life. Listen, that's zapping your power. That's why you're still scratching apart in your head. That's why you walk in a trench in the middle of the floor. Why? That's why you're worrying and you're, and you're complaining and griping and living life that way. Why? Because you just don't want to be obedient wholeheartedly. You don't want to keep it 100 flat out. No, you want to get to the point where you are are living this life according to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It's kingdom will. It's God's will be done. Come on now. Watch this. It says James chapter 1, verse 14. And this, is the, and this is the last scripture in this particular area. I wanted to stay right here. My mindset was I'm going to do some research. I'm going to keep sharing over and over and over again that the enemy has no power. I want folks to get free. I want folks to start walking in victory. I want folks to start again showing that God is mighty over the enemy and there's no devil in hell that can reign. There's no imp. There's no, uh, 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 what do they call them, principality or power. There's none that can put a, hold a candle to God. Why? Because God's got all power. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. What does it say? Read it in the message. I'm going to read it in the message. Here we go. It says, the temptation to give in to evil comes from us and only us. We have no one to blame but 
the leering, seducing flare-up of our own lust. It's our own lust. Lust gets pregnant and has a baby. It's called sin. Sin grows up to adulthood and becomes a real killer. You got some stuff in your life that you did not control. It has grown to the point now where it is killing you. And and if it's not killing you, watch this. If it's not killing you physically, it's killing you spiritually. And for you not to have your spiritual life and to call yourself a child of God, let me tell you something. You're living a life that is not pleasing to God. And that's why every ounce of everything that comes into your life that is not lined up with the word of God, you got to get it out. And when somebody tells me that the enemy's got some power, you better show me that in the word. Because as far as I'm concerned, he is a weakling. The only thing the enemy can do is to bring something in my face. And let me tell you what has power. Power is in your flesh. Power is when you see something and your flesh wells up in you and you desire it more than you desire the righteousness of God. You desire it more. Listen, even when it comes to you praying these prayers for somebody that you don't even know what the will of God is in their life, I looked at some of these pastors that have fallen, some of these ministries that have divided, some of these things that have happened in Christendom, and I'm wondering if through God's permissive will, he honored the prayers of some folks who really do love him but were misguided and did not pray a prayer that was honoring to God, who was honoring to his wisdom. The Bible clearly says that God it is his, his thoughts is so much higher than our thoughts. You cannot fathom on the level that God is on. And then you pray these prayers and you call down heaven and through his permissive will, he blesses that ministry. And that man of God is just as crooked as he can be. But guess what? You followed him. Why? Because you thought, good God almighty, you better get your thought out of there and get into the will of God. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Watch this. Ephesians, uh, do I want to go that far? No. Watch this. They begin to think in terms of being caught off, um, caught off in a rapture. See, again, these are some thoughts that comes to folks' mind. He is Lord. He is Lord over what? A militant church. He's not the Lord over a paranoid church. A church that does not know its power. The church that does not know that when we pray together, guess what? Demons tremble. That's why it's hard to get folks to come and pray. Why? Because they don't know the impact of prayer. When you know the impact of prayer, let me tell you something. You're transforming lives. When you know the impact of prayer, you are praying as much as, listen, it says pray without ceasing. It ain't got to tell you. When you know the power of prayer, it ain't got to tell you to don't stop praying. Keep praying. Why? Because you know the power of prayer. As much as I can, as much as I can. Why? Because I know that I want his will to be done. I know he is the king. I know that he's soon to return. I know he's going to wreak havoc in the enemy's camp when he gets back. There is not a chance. See, some folks live in this this mindset that there's a possibility that we could lose. No, 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 no. This ain't no regular football game. This ain't no earthly baseball game. This ain't no wait to get down to the wire and see if LeBron's or Jordan or, 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 or Scottie Pippen or one of them guys can pull off the uh, last-minute shot at the last seconds at the buzzer. Uh-uh, this is not that kind of show. It's already been foretold. We win. And you got to start operating and living on the higher plane of a winning soldier. Watch this. My words have promised promise you that you are on the winning team. This is how we've got to operate. At the top of page one, 169, 
top of 169. You've got to operate what? Socially, business-wise, church-wise, and in your home. You have got to operate on the level that you are in control. Why? Because God is giving you control. He's giving you dominion. And when God is giving you dominion, let me tell you something. Ain't no devil in hell. You remember what we read? No door, The doors that he opened, no man can close. The doors that he closed, no man can open. And this is not just a Bible study. See, let me tell you something. This is not Bible study. It ain't no Bible study. This is a life lesson, and the lesson that you learn, you're supposed to put this stuff in practice. I bet you one thing, you don't read up on your insurance, and then when the opportunity comes for you to activate what you learned about your insurance, then you're going to say, oh, you know what? It says I'm supposed to have a rental car, but you know what? I'm, I'm just going to go buy one. I'm just going to go rent one. I know the policy said I was supposed to get one for free, but no, I'm going to go pay for it. Oh, no, no, no. They said that um, my first, when I got this loan from the bank, they in the paperwork it said that the first month the bank is going to pay it. In actuality, we know that they tack it on to the tail end and just move all the payments back one, and they say you ain't got to pay. You, you, It's January. You ain't got to make a January payment. You ain't got to make your first payment until February. I bet you one thing, you're going to pay all that bill. However, the way they do it, if you don't have to pay in January, then thank God for the bill I ain't got to pay in January. I'm taking that $475 or that $562, and if it's a mortgage and it's uh, $3,000, I'm taking that $3,000 and put it on something else for this first month. However, you got the individual who read that in the policy and says, guess what? No, I'm going to pay my first month anyway. Now, I understand. I got the uh, financial analysts back there. They're going over in their mind. That's right, because if you get ahead of them, that's going to be beneficial to you. Listen, I'm not talking about that. Get my point, please. Where God has given us promises in his word, and if his promises are true, then you ought to activate them in your life. And if it says that, guess what, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, then you ought to be putting the enemy uh, running with his heels, uh, bam, heading in the opposite direction. You ought to be on his track. You ought to be saying, he, he ought to be saying, I ain't going up in there today. Last time I been up, went up in that house, they gave me a black eye. In your social life, in your business life, in your church life, you ought to come to church ready, prepared. You're not coming as a spectator. You're looking and analyzing and and. and, and giving your approval, what's your remarks, what kind of marks do they get for today? Listen, that's not the kind of show. You ought to be coming ready to fight and to do warfare in the spirit and thanking God for your brothers and sisters and encouraging them. And listen, you trying to be fancy. You trying to be grand. You trying to let somebody know that, oh, I study my Bible. Let me raise my hand a lot. No, 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 no. You should be an encouragement. And the home front, let me tell you something, the home front is the most important. You have really got to get to a place where in your home you are wreaking havoc in the enemy's life, in your home, where every opportunity you get, let me tell you something, you packing in the word. What is the packing in of the word, Pastor? What do you mean? Why do you keep talking about packing in the word? Because that's the spiritual lifting of weight. That's where your power is in the word. It says, though, helmet of salvation. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The helmet of salvation, why? Because I know I'm saved. The sword of the spirit, why? Because that's how I cut the enemy's head off. You remember what happened in the Bible when the enemy took, look, all he did was show Jesus this and show Jesus that. And what did Jesus do? Just attacked him with the word. Every opportunity he got, he wasn't playing with the devil. He was swiping him with that sword. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You've got to stop. The devil this, the devil that. Okay, I hear you. The devil did this, the devil. Okay, I hear you. You better understand. I'm listening to you, but I'm not. I'm not even. I'm. I'm not buying that at all. That's you. Yeah, I got to listen to you. I got to be polite. Yeah, I want to be polite. I want to be encouraging. That's you. You gave the enemy some power in your life, and then you want to try to blame it on the devil. No, no, no. That's you. And when you start taking ownership, let me tell you something, that's when you get the victory. Listen to what it says. Everything begins at the home, the home base, and ends at the home base. No matter how impressively 
they ran the basis of social business and even at the church relationship, if they had not gotten started right at home, they're not, listen, they were nothing but hypocrites. They were nothing. And, and this is what I do. I look in the mirror. When, when I'm reading it, I'm telling you, I'm taking it personal. I'm looking at me. I'm looking at me. I'm analyzing me. The best me I can be for you is to be the best me I can be for me. The best you you can be for your household is to be the best you you can be for you. So you've got to stay in the mirror. You've got to be constantly, listen, you've got to stay in the gym where you're constantly praying. You're praying when you don't feel like it. No, I don't feel like praying right now, but guess what? It's needed all over this world. There are leaders that are crooked, even here in the United States. There are leaders that are crooked, continents all over this world, and you've got to be lending your prayer. Father, have your way all over this world. Let your kingdom come. When you say let your kingdom come, let me tell you something. There's kingdoms in this world, but you are praying that God's kingdom will hit this world like it's never hit it before. Let his will be done. God, not our will. Yes, we we're praying because we was raised up in this church, and we're praying for this church, and that church prospered, and, and then God exposed that the leader that y'all had, the leader that y'all was lifting up, the leader that y'all believed in so much, the leader that you wanted to lay his hands on you so much, the leader that you was asking him to pray on you, he's just as crooked. She's just as crooked as she can be. He's just as crooked as he can be. I'm showing you that you've got to watch what you pray for. You prayed for that man. And guess what? It ain't been right since. You prayed for that woman. It ain't been right since. And the only way to get it right is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I Listen, I neglected you. I didn't call upon your name. I didn't ask what was your will for me. I, I went off based on what I thought, uh, based on my little bit of experience. You better understand that from the foundation of the world, God knew. And from your what, what, 30 years ago? Wow. 40 years ago? That's, that's how much you got, how much experience you got up under your belt. I'm 60 years old. I've been doing this for a while. You got you to gotta live as long as I don't live, young man. I don't know who you're talking to on this phone. I didn't live 60 years. I've got some experience. I lived 70 years. Excuse me, young man, I'm 80 years old. I'm 80. Now, now, you ain't been around that long. Listen, the God that I'm tapping into been around since the foundation of the world. So what do I say? Not my will, but your will be done. Why? Because he knows what's best for me, he knows what's best for you, and he knows what's best for his church. Good God Almighty. Watch what it says here. I love this statement. God is placing an emphasis upon a right home life today. He is setting our homes in order. That's for those who will be obedient. That's why I say obedience is better than sacrifice. Some folks make a sacrifice and they feel that, hey, because I did this and because I did that. Listen, be obedient to the word. You really want to please God, be obedient to the word. We cannot be in right, be right in any other relationship in our life until our lives are right at home. D-Y-B-I. Come on. It's midway, midway the page on 169. We cannot be right in any other relationship in life until our life, or until our lives are right at home. What is, what is he saying? Our, our lives right at home. It, our wives got to be submit, submissive. Husbands got to love your wives. And how do they love it? You better love it the way Christ loved the church. And let me tell you something. That's a sacrifice. We ain't used to loving that way. We are used to having. Listen, Christ did not come in a relationship with the church to gain. He came in the relationship with the church to give. And most men come into a relationship with their wife to get. What can you do for me? What can I get from you? And God breaks us out of our selfishness. 
when we're in a right relationship with him. Let me tell you something. Some folks go into the grave, and I don't care if they're in church or not. They are going to their grave with the way that they think concerning marriage. They're going to their grave with the way they think concerning life because the way they think is so ingrained in them that they refuse to change. It says wives are supposed to submit. Husbands ought to love, and they love the way Christ loved and gave himself for the church. Children are supposed to obey. Hallelujah. I don't know what that's saying. Okay, amen. All right, hallelujah. Watch this. Children are supposed to obey. Let me tell you something. If you're praying something, Father, let your will be done. What is his will? His will is that children would obey. Father, let your will be done. God, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Why? Because he has outlined everything for us to live holy in his word. And we just, listen, we just reject it. We refuse it. We do all kinds of stuff with it instead of obeying it. Watch this. Defeat the devil in your own life and in your family, and then you will be able to carry the warfare on into other areas of your life. What is that 18th? What is he saying? Oh, 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 oh. Amen. Okay. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Now, what are we doing here? We are changing. We are transforming. I pray to God that, that, that 2016 was as good to you as it was to me. I pray to God that it blessed you the way it blessed me. Father, in the name of Jesus. See, let me tell you something. You say, well, Pastor, did you just pray? Uh-oh, you didn't pray your will be done. Let me tell you this. The way God blessed me, his word is designed for me. The way I want God to bless you is the way his word is designed for you. And what he does is he gives us these overarching statements that blesses all of us the same. It might, it's his will that we prosper and be in good health. When sickness hits my body, I know it's not the will of God. I don't have to pray for a healing in my body. Listen, I'm going to tell you, this is what you do. You get into that Abrahamic, what was it? I'm, I'm, I'm going to flip there real quick. I got it. I'm going to go old school because I know I got it highlighted in my Bible. I can, I can jump to it real quick. You need to stay right here. You go all the way back to the beginning. It says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, you might as well say to his word, his word, Unto his voice, unless you unless you hear an audible voice from God. If you're hearing an audible voice, then thank God for you. Thank God for your spirituality and your connection with God. If not, you better read this word. It says, if you hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which he command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all, all nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon. See, you have got to stay right here. When you realize that God said that if you listen to me, blessings are going to come upon you. You, you can't read nothing else. I'm telling you. I know some folks, I know what you did. You, in the beginning of the book, uh, uh, you're starting to read the Bible over again. Thank God for you. If that's the way God is uh, reading, uh, if that's the way he is leading you, then you read that Bible all the way through. Thank you, Jesus, because you've got to be obedient to what God is telling you. I'm telling you that if you get into this scripture right here, and you may have to stay here for about seven days, don't read nothing else but this particular scripture. Why? Because it's going to transform your life. you got to realize what God has already predestined for you to encounter when you are his child. That's why I said it's kingdom will. What do you mean, Pastor, kingdom will? When you know that my father is the king and his will for me, watch this, that blessings shall come upon me and overtake me if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed, 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 blessed. You just start reading it, blessed. But first you've got to get verse number two. 
You've got to get verse number two. And all these blessings shall come upon thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken. You don't have to pray. Well, I pray to God. Listen, I don't want to be blessed tremendously if God knows I can't handle it. Here you are praying for a, a praying a blessing over your life or over someone else's life, and you don't know if they can. You don't know if that will separate them from God. You don't know if it will wreak havoc in their life. So what I want is what God wants for me. Thank you, God. Hallelujah to your name. God, I just thank you. God, I bless you. I'm, I'm telling you, you can go through it. You can you can read it and then read it over and over and over again. I'm going to see what does it say. It's going to come upon you and overtake you. And what does it say? Verse number 15. What does verse number 15 say? Verse number 15 says, but it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken. No, 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 I don't even want to read that. Nope. I'm staying right there. Why? Because disobedience is not in my path. Disobedience is not as in my, it's not in my mental makeup. Disobedience is not there for me. Disobedience is not a part of my character. These are the things. You, you, have, you didn't make any New Year's resolutions. Don't worry about it. God's got your New Year's resolution written right here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, that if you're going to have victory in your life, you better understand what God has already predestined you to walk in. He's already predestined you to walk in blessings. That, that matter of fact, if you understand the way the word said that you're not walking in the blessing, the blessing is coming after you. The blessing will overtake you. Oh, I hope you hear me. Where you're walking and you're walking at a pace that you're leaving the blessing and the blessing comes after you and catches you. I experienced it in 2016. I don't expect anything less. In 2017, why? Because I'm walking according to the will of God. I'm all walking according to the word of God. I hear you. Oh, Pastor, so you're saying you're perfect now? Oh, you're saying you're sinless now? You're saying that you do everything right now? Uh-uh. I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to put you in this blessing, blessing stream that as you strive to do the best you can for God, God strengthens you, and he allows you to be blessed. He gives you grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. What is that? Is that Psalms? Is that Psalms twenty-three down at the end? What does it say? Uh, uh, no, I think that's goodness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was flipping there, but it's not. It's not grace. It's not grace and mercy. It's goodness down at the bottom. Psalms twenty-three. We're gonna close with that. Psalms twenty-three. There's another one. It shows you the blessings of God, and it says, "Good." In verse number six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. See, that's why I'm saying if you really know the will of God, if you really know the word of God, God, let here's your prayer. God, let the blessings that you have predestined for me to experience come upon me and overtake me, as you have said. I thank you for your word being in my life. I thank you for the promises that you have given me. I thank you for being the king of kings. I thank you for loving me so much that you gave your son. See, again, your prayers are filled with praise and thanksgiving, adoration unto God. Why? I ain't got to pray for nothing else. You think God doesn't know that he, you, listen, he'll give you the desires of your heart. You think that he doesn't know that you want your family blessed, that you don't want your family walking in sickness, that you don't want the folks of the body of Christ where he is already predestined and you're going to pray a prayer on top. He says, well, here you go. I'm going to close with this. Here you go. You go. You walk up and um, the Lord says, um, uh, let, me, let me go back to the paperwork. You got the paperwork. You read the paperwork when you walked into the bank, and the bank says um, when you when you uh, open an account with fifty dollars, we give you five hundred. All you got to do is put fifty dollars in, and the bank that you are banking with is so wealthy. If you open an account, we give you five hundred. You go in, and when you go in, you say, "I have fifty dollars. I want to open an account, and could you give me five hundred? No, I'm asking for five hundred. When the bank already wrote and and it's in writing, so you don't have to worry about it. It's and it's legitimate. It's on the letterhead of the bank. It said it's going to give it to you, and and you say, well, I got fifty dollars and I want to open an account. And could you give me five hundred? Why are you asking for five hundred when they already told you they're going to give you five hundred? And you asking for something that the that the bank said we're going to give you. Uh, um, the rent a car company they said um, you get a rent a car for free. Well, is there any way I could get that rental car for free? 
We had already said we're going to give you a rental car for free. So why would I pray for something that God said I'm already supposed to be experiencing, that he says I'm already predestined for you to have? So I know your word. So what do I do? I spend my time praying that his will will be done in this earth. I spend my time praying that his kingdom will come. Why Why would you pray? Hold on a second, Pastor. Why would you pray his kingdom come? Because Jesus said if you're going to pray, he said pray this way. <laughs> Good God Almighty. Everything you do has got to be based on the word. So I'm doing it based on the word. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done. And guess what? Listen to what it said. Thy kingdom come. It's coming. You ain't got to worry about it. Thy will be done. And when we speak, good God Almighty, when we speak as the people that he has given dominion, thy will be done. Boom! It's all happening all over this earth. But the people of God have got to operate in the power and the wisdom and the knowledge that God has given us. Thank you for your time. I pray that God's will be done in your life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, saints of God. Talk to you next week, God willing. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.